it's episode 91 of Our Brooklyn Bites, and I am Stephanie. And I'm Leon. So, Leon, what's happening? The world is still here. We haven't... The meteor hasn't struck yet. So, we're still here to talk about... Yet. <laughs> yet. We have... We've Did been, I miss a news article or We've something? been spared so far. I should watch TV. I, I see a lot of my friends campaigning for the great meteor to come and, and just wipe the slate clean. Is that before or after the great pumpkin comes? <laughs> It's not Halloween yet, so the, the Great Pumpkin is going to have to wait his turn. Excellent. <laughs> well, I, I I did have time to squeeze a game in last week, and I'm, I'm not sure how you did. I squeezed in a few, not many, but uh, I went back to some old games mm-hmm. that I'll follow up on. Uh, well, one game in particular, Karate Champ. I talked about it. I forget which episode that was. Uh-huh. But uh, remember I said that the PS4 version of Karate Champ was not what I remembered? Yeah, right. So I did my research on this. And so the first thing is the Japanese version that they included on the PS4 is definitely the Japanese release. But there was an American release of that game. Mm -hmm. So I'm still not sure why... They chose the Japanese ROM over the American ROM. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, all the difference is, is really, like, um, the Japanese text translated. Yeah. Wait. So, wait. Are you saying the, the Japanese game that you played was released in the U.S., but, like, was it, like, a different name or something? No, it was called Karate Champ. Okay. Yeah. But then, but you remember a different game. So, the one I remember is called Karate Champ Versus. Uh-huh. That's the one I that's all, that's the one that made it to the NES. Mm-hmm. And that's the arcade game that I sort of grew up with when I would play it. Mm. And uh and, w- and when I bought the game, that's what I thought I was getting. So, I don't know how other people remember that game, but mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, the Karate Champ Versus is the or actually it's called Karate Champ Player Versus Player. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's the two player version of the original game. It came out a year later in the arcades. Okay. Um, but it's not really technically called a sequel, but it is a follow-up to that game. I see. And, um, graphics are identical, but the stages are different. Like the whole, you know, that's where I I was mentioning on that episode that Mm -hmm. there's a girl who comes out and, you know, you're sort of like fighting for the girl and it's like backstreet alley type of fights and stuff. So Hmm. it's a little different game, but the moves and controls are the same. So I wish that was the one that was on the PlayStation. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can't say I'm that familiar with either one of them, so... I don't really remember. You never, you never played it when you really didn't. Or anything. Okay. Somehow it was never around for me. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Well, on the subject of hamster, I did pick up another hamster game this week. The uh, the guys who are doing the arcade games, yeah. Yes, this one is called Bomb Jack. Mm. This is an old one on uh, PlayStation Four. I forget when it was released though. On it was one of the one of the first ones they did. So this was on sale, so I, I bought it this week. Um, it's a game that I've played, so I know this game well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I said, let me give it a try and see how it is. And it's pretty much like I remembered. <laughs> it's Mom Jack. <laughs> Did you ever play it? Uh, not really, no. I haven't, I haven't personally played it. I've seen it played, and I'm like, wow, this is a really strange game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's just not, little, not part of my repertoire. It's, uh, you have to jump around. You're like this little superhero guy. Mm-hmm. And you have to grab the bombs. So I used to, when I used to play this in the arcades, this was probably, you know, 84 or something like that. The, um, there used to be this kid who was really good at it. His name was Romeo. And... In your neighborhood. 
No, it was actually the bowling alley. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in between, or, like, I used to belong to, like, a bowling league on a Saturday morning. So, in between there, like, one of the guys who was on, like, one of the bowling leagues, he was really good. So, he would play, and I would watch him play sometimes, and he, would, he used to get pretty far. But when I played, I didn't understand that you had to get the bombs in a, like, certain order. Mm-hmm. And that's really how you get points. I used to just try to clear the level. So, I used to play it all wrong back then. I was probably no good at it. But, um, I always liked it, and then when it came out on NES... It was called Mighty Bomb Jack, and I liked that game a lot, even though that's a really hard, difficult game. But um, uh, I did play that one quite a bit, and that's where I learned, because in that game, too, you can collect the bombs by the fuse and stuff. And I, I had the impression that that's a different game. The, the NES one is, yeah, yeah. That's more of like an adven- adventure, mm-hmm. sort of action-adventure, where the arcade is just level per level. The arcade is more like a Pac-Man sort of thing, which is collecting all the bombs, right? And then the door opens to the next stage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's a good it's a good conversion. Yeah. So you're gonna be checking that out some more? Uh, no, I've played enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't I can't break the high score list like top 100 or anything. I think maybe like top I don't know thousand or something like that. I'm in. Mm. So it's it's tough. I'm not great at that game. <laughs> I'm not good. I would say that it's a little bit difficult playing with the six axis. Is it called the six axis controller still? Or? Uh, it's the DualShock Four now. Oh, or whatever. Because they, <laughs> they added the rumble back in. All right. Well, that controller is maybe not the best yeah. for some of these games. So I, maybe when I get a joystick for the PS4, and then I'll go back to, to some of these. Mm-hmm. The, the six axis was the first generation PS3 controller. And how is that different? It didn't have any rumble support. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was when Sony okay. was litigating that that whole thing. Okay. I always thought that was not a good name for a controller. It doesn't make sense okay. to most people. Mm. But, you know, we don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. So I did jump on to some other games. Mm-hmm. And on iOS, I played a game called Circle Affinity. Mm-hmm. This one is... Uh, from a developer named Kenny Sun. It was released in 2016. Okay. Uh, it's also on the Play Store, Google Play. Uh, it's free right now. Uh, I think it's a permanently free game. It looks like this one is a freemium version of their other game called Circa Infinity. Huh. So this one is called Circle Affinity, and the other one's called Circa Infinity. Gotcha. I know. And the other one's also on uh, other platforms, too. So, it's a uh, ad-supported game, but it's not too bad. You know, you can remove the ads. If, so, you pay a fee if you want to remove the ads. Mm-hmm. But I, I, they're not really... I mean, I think... I don't know. I must have played like an hour, and I saw the ad maybe like three or four times. It, it wasn't that bad. Um, I would say it's like... Now I, I showed you a little bit of it. Yeah. I would say it's it's similar to like a super hexagon. Would you say? Mm-hmm. That sort of look like that? Y- yeah, kind of. Like that style. Um, you're a little guy... Uh, running on the outer ev- edge of a circle, mm-hmm. and you tap the on-screen button to move from the outer edge of the circle to the inner edge, and then you'll see another circle appear in the center, and you want to jump. You're going to tap the button again to jump to that inner circle, and then you just keep like in, like to in, keep zooming in onto the circles, and you get into more circles and more circles. Mm-hmm. Um, your goal, I guess, would be. To make your way through, I think there's like 24 circles or something like that, 26, oh, and then you complete the stage. So there is an actual goal. Yeah, I think there's 
four, maybe there's like three or four stages, but mm-hmm. I've only gotten up to the second stage. And the second stage, the game changes a little bit because you're controlling uh, two two guys now at the same time. But they run in like a mirror image. So if you move left, you know, the upper and lower guys run it opposite, you know, mm-hmm. clockwise and counterclockwise. So I find that kind of difficult. I can't get my brain around it, but <laughs> I've only gotten halfway through there. It's pretty tough because once you die, you know, on stage 18, you'll start from the beginning again. You mm-hmm. have one life and that's it. That's rough. And yeah, it is. it's one of those. Well, like, hexagon, like Super Hexagon, it's mm-hmm. pretty unforgiving. Uh, just like more details about it. It has a very psychedelic look to it. And um, as you as your guy is running around, you have like sort of like a time limit, but the time limit is done with these spikes on the edge of the screen. Mm-hmm. And the spikes keep like getting closer and closer to you. So you have that sort of, you know, built-in time limit. In addition to, there's also, like, as you get deeper into the circles, you'll see, like, little um, enemies running around on the circle with you. So you have to jump over them. Mm. Um, In addition to, like, all the other stuff you have to be watching. So uh, it has a very 8-bit monochrome, like, Game Boy-looking look to it. I would say you probably could play this, like, on a 3DS or something. It'd probably look really cool. It might even be on there. I don't know. Mm. Um, there is an epilepsy warning before you start the game. So you kind of pretty much know visually what you're in for. It's very, uh, yeah, it's like very visually stimulating, I guess. Yeah, a lot of like pulsating lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned how psychedelic it is. And the impression I get from it is it's like, it's almost like a kaleidoscope. Like, you you know, when you look through one of those things and you see all these patterns unfurling and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of accurate. And, you know, but you're kind of trying to run <laughs> along and then, you know make your way into it. Mm-hmm. It, it moves at a frantic pace, so you really don't have much time to stare at anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, another thing to note is the music. It's from this group called Jack and Jim, and it has 11 remixes from, I guess, their soundtrack from their other game, the mm-hmm. Circa Infinity game. Mm-hmm. So I thought the music was pretty good, too, but, you know, it's, it's that loopy style, like, game music. So it's, I think it's pretty good. You know, it's a free game to check out. I would like to probably get the their regular console, like the um, the full whatever their full game would be, which I think is also like a five dollar game. Mm-hmm. It looks like identical, so I'm, I'm still not sure what the difference is between the the free game on iOS and the full game. Yeah, I don't know if there is even a difference. Maybe sure. it's just the ad stuff. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but you know, I think it's worth to check out. Another game I went through was, uh, it's called Agent A, A Puzzle in Disguise. Mm-hmm. This is a game by uh, Yak and Company. It's these two guys. One of them is in, a former employee from of Electronic Arts. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, I think I paid about a dollar for it, but normally it's like three dollars. Um, it's from, uh, it's from 2015. Mm-hmm. It's on OS and iOS. Mm, nice. Yeah, it's a point-and-click game. Uh, a little bit of puzzle solving, similar to the, uh, Mist, if you like that one, or, or The Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say it's probably not uh, not as visually interesting as The Room. I would say it's more along the line of Mist. So you play as Agent A, and you're going after this enemy spy, and her, her name is Ruby LaRouge. Hmm. So you don't know much about your character at all. You're kind of just... You get this brief story of, like, here's your mission, you know, here's a photo of what Ruby LaRouge looks like, uh, infiltrate her secret lair to catch her, uh, but beware, you know, because there's all traps set up for waiting, waiting for your re- arrival. 
So, you know, you pretty much, it's very simple. And uh, there's little animated narratives, you know, between so- some of the puzzles as you're playing. Mm. So it's not just totally, you know, a static puzzle game. Um, as you, one thing you'll notice when you get to her place is Ruby is always one he- step ahead of you. Like, she seems to know you're coming. And uh, even when, like, you do escape out of one area, she's, like, waiting for you right right, right behind the door the whole time. Mm. And she's kind of, like, anticipating. She probably does wait so, for you. It could be. Uh, this could <laughs> be some foreshadowing, because this is only the first act. The game is... Um, they're still adding more levels to the game. Mm-hmm. So it could be maybe this is uh, part of the storyline that's going to develop as it goes on. Uh, the game right now, uh, like I said, it has the... is only one act... Uh, it has a 60s James Bond, Bond kind of vibe to it, okay. keeping with that, that whole like spy theme to, right. to it. Uh, it's very cartoony and colorful. I would say it's um, probably good for a kid. I think you can safely give this game to a child. The only thing I would say maybe is um, it's maybe a little difficult if it's a young kid, but uh, you know it's family-friendly sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know on the Apple TV where I played it on, because it's point and click, you don't have like a cursor that to move around on the screen. Instead, you'll see dots on all the objects you can click on, and then you can with your Apple Siri remote, whatever they call that thing, you can sort of like highlight the dot you want, mm-hmm. and then click on that, and then it'll trigger you know either a response or an action or something. Mm. And uh, the problem I had with that was. Without visually seeing, like, an actual cursor to point and click on things. Sometimes, like, I wanted to click on a dot, and I had to, like, navigate around all the other dots first to get to that (laughs) item I wanted to click on. And the the dots are are represented by these, like, red circles. And sometimes it's a little bit hard to tell, like, which ones were highlighted and which ones weren't. Mm. I would switch, like, they used the complementary color or something like that, or some, some kind of contrast to know. Uh, I'm surprised they don't have a thing where you can sort of slide your thumb on the touchpad and you kind of get like a ripple effect on the screen that kind of like mirrors where they, you're. They where could your do that. Yeah, is. I don't know why they can't. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it plays better on you know iOS or device because you can just point you know where you want to yeah, click on. Sure. But they may not give you the dots to like show you this is the things you can click on or mm-hmm. not. So. I'm not so sure which way is better. But that's that's an adventure game. Yeah, I mean staple like you, I guess you could, searching everything. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I mean, some of the puzzles are difficult, but I don't think anything is that impossible. Where uh, it's like super complex, and mm-hmm. you're going to probably look for a hint book or something. But um, there's enough backtracking to solve the puzzles where it doesn't feel it's not that linear. Like you'll enter a room and you'll see like five uh, like five different types of puzzles you have to solve. And maybe, like, one puzzle you can solve with an item from the room next to you. Mm-hmm. But the other puzzle might not be until, like, six rooms ahead or something like that, you know? So you have to keep remembering, like, oh, okay, I found this piece. Maybe I can go back and do that puzzle now because, you know, the, the typewriter's missing ink or something like oh, that. Oh, you can actually carry stuff back around. You, you do have an inventory. Uh, not You don't really typically carry that much with you because usually by the time you find, like, three or four items, then you're in a room where you can start using those items, mm-hmm. like, to complete a puzzle. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty simplified and, uh, that's kind of it. You know, the puzzles start out kind of easy, but I, I think, I think most people, if you've played puzzle games, will probably breeze through it. It took me like maybe at least two hours, I would say to get through it for that first episode. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would say at least. Maybe, maybe maybe more, I'm not sure. But um, I would say it is worth it for someone who does like puzzle games. So mm-hmm. I, I do like those type of point-and-click type of puzzles. Okay. Yeah. What's the... Um, I'm trying to picture this game. What does the camera perspective look like? Is it first person or is it... Yeah, first person, like a mist. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. You'll see like um, a static screen that you can sort of... Uh, I'm not even sure. You can zoom in on certain things, but you can't... There's no, like, uh, 3D moving around or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You just see a screen, and that's the room you're in. And if you want to climb the stairs, you tap on the stairs, and you'll see, like, a quick animation, maybe, of her walking on the stairs, uh-huh. and then you're in the next room. Okay. So it's almost it like one of the old-style, like, graphical text adventure style A games. little bit. Yeah, that's why... I, I mean, that's why I compare it to sort of, like, Mist or yeah. something. That's, okay. That that's makes sort sense. of look to it. But it's, it's pretty, like, colorful and cartoony. Mm-hmm. Interesting. With like a hand drawn vibe to it. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. And it's nice that they're supporting TVOS too. Yeah, right? I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it still doesn't have much support on there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, so that that was how I spent my week. Hmm. Good mix. Mm-hmm. Oh, the developer, I should know, the developer did say that they're adding, they're just finishing up the next chapter for the game. Mm-hmm. So um, they're saying by summer of 2016, it should be ready. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it's going to be a paid add-on or if they're just going to do a free update. Right. Hopefully it's a free update, but <laughs> I guess everyone has to make money. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, so that's my games of the week. Okay, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about the game I played. Uh, following up sort of on the notion that we discussed last time where, you know, we, we talked about Ghostbusters and we talked about how you know, a lot of licensed games are kind of hit and miss. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, but I was in the mood to check out an alien-based game on the film, based on the film franchise and thought, I never really played Alien 3 on the Genesis. Did you play any of the Alien games? I'm feel like I did, but I can't recall any mm. specific ones. Okay. Um, so, you, so you started with Alien 3? Well, well, it's based on the movie Alien 3. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's funny, too, because I feel like it doesn't really represent the movie a whole lot. It's just kind of a it's just kind of a general alien game. But I mean, it's got some things from the from the movie. But it's using like the stage kind of like the level somewhat. design a little bit. Yeah. Well, hey, other than that, I guess not. I mean, <laughs> well, the yeah. aliens were always the same pretty much in every uh, movie. Yeah, they were a little different in this one. They were a little sleeker. Um, but in any case, I'll, I'll 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 set this up by saying, you know, this this was released back in 1992. Uh, it was published by Arena Entertainment, who was actually a division of Acclaim Distribution. You know, they mm-hmm. they sort of had bought this company and released several of their games under the Arena <laughs> label. Uh, it was developed by Probe Software Limited. Uh, Oyster Bay. There. <laughs> right, when they were located in Oyster Bay. Uh, Acclaim had an office here in, in, in Long Island, yeah. in New York. Uh, Glen Cove, I think. Uh-huh, I had a friend who worked out there. Yeah. Uh, but they had, play- they had offices all over the place. But Probe was actually a UK-based developer. Mm, okay. Um, but in any case, this game is a side-scrolling action platformer shooter, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, kind of, it kind of gives you the, the, the background of the movie, or at least the beginning of the movie Alien 3, where following the end of Aliens, 
the second film, Aliens, uh, Ripley escapes on, uh, you know, the, the colonial marine ship Sulaco, uh, along with Hicks and Newt and the android Bishop, right? Mm-hmm. But they were not alone on the ship, and apparently a malfunction occurred due to an alien presence on the ship. I think uh, like a face hugger was loose on the ship and causing mayhem, and that caused them to crash on a prison planet named uh, Fiorina One Sixty One, or it's also called just Fury One Sixty One, perhaps because of the sort of hellish environment. Um, of this planet. And didn't Bishop die in the second movie? He was, dist- well, he was, he was damaged. He was, okay. you know, he was, uh, he was pierced by the tail of the alien queen right. okay. during the finale of the film, but yeah. they, he was still semi-functional and they recovered his, you know, mm. his, his body back onto the ship. Okay. Uh, but he didn't survive the crash. So he didn't, you know, or he was left in an incapacitated state. And unfortunately the other two humans were also didn't survive. Uh, but now you're on this planet and as a result of the ship crashing there, the planet's now infested. And since this is a prison planet, uh, the inhabitants here are all prisoners and it's up to Ripley to sort of rescue the prisoners, um, that are, have been captured by the aliens. This is not part of the movie. This is part of the game now. Uh, and you know, to defeat all the aliens in the process. Right. So, I checked out the, the, you know, in the beginning of the game, um, before the game actually started, I took a look at the options menu and the options let you, uh, select how many tries you get, which means how many lives you have, uh, up to nine, you can set it to. So that's pretty generous. Uh, the street difficulty levels. That's cheating though. Uh, adding nine lives. You didn't consider that cheating, even though it's part of the options. Uh, no, I, you know, I guess you could leave it on default if you like, <laughs> which is only three. Uh, but yeah, if it lets you, why not? Why not ex- extend it? Okay. <laughs> Unless you like restarting games from the beginning. Not really. <laughs> uh, in addition to the difficulty, you've got, you've got a button mapping option, uh, in case you want to rearrange any of the controls and the sound test, the obligatory sound test. Uh, now, of course, the button layout is like select first and then B for fire and then C for jump. And of course, I had to remap that immediately because I'm not comfortable with that setup. I like I put A, A the A button is fire and B to jump and then C to select, um, you know, your weapons. And then, of course, D-pad for movement and for crouching. Uh, so as far as weapon selection goes, you get four different weapons in this game. You've got your basic machine gun, your, you know, like automatic rifle. Uh, a flamethrower, which is pretty much, you know, the preferred weapon in Aliens. When when you want to flush out a corridor of Aliens, mm-hmm. you let loose with the flamethrower. That's always a good option. Uh, you've got a grenade launcher, which fires, you know, projectile-style grenade to blow, that can blow up and can destroy Aliens. And it can also be used to um, blow up doors and hatchways and things like that. And then you've also got the option to toss a hand grenade which is useful if you're like in the air ducts and you want to drop a, a grenade on an alien below you, you can, you can try to do something like that. And the, and the grenade also works on the doorways and stuff, other obstacles that you need to blow up. Uh, but the ammo for each weapon is limited and you do find refills along the way as well as uh, med packs to restore health. So the game is pretty good with providing just, you know, more ammunition and health to keep, keep things going. 
there's also a radar scope that sort of indicates the location of hostages nearby, and those are indicated in red. Mm-hmm. And it also will will show up hostels in in white. Uh, but you do need to find battery charges to operate the radar scope, so it's not on all the time. Hmm. Uh, but to be honest, it's not super useful. Uh, I think it's because the range is really limited. Like by the time you see something on the scope, it's pretty close to you already, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it gives you a little bit more visibility, but not, but not a whole lot. I think it's there mostly just to give you something familiar from the movies. Like Mm -hmm. that was kind of like a famous thing in aliens, the second movie where, you know, they were looking at their little scope and they saw the aliens surrounding them. But meanwhile, they didn't know where they were. But then they realized they were in the ceiling. In the ceiling, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so it's like I just a callback to something yeah. from the movies. Um, so basically, throughout the throughout the course of the levels, the, you're pretty much just rescuing captured prisoners, right? Uh, and then try to get to the exit once you've got them all. And you have to do all this within a time limit. And the time limit could be five minutes, could be eight minutes. It really depends on the level. Mm. Uh, also, the the you know the the number of prisoners. Um, will change as well, depending on what kind, which level you're on. Does it pan around the, the level when it first starts? Do so they give you kind of like an overview? or uh, No. No, it doesn't. Okay. It actually doesn't do that. Oh. So you do have to feel out the pathway. Um, sometimes you do end up passing the exit door as you're exploring, but the doorway doesn't actually open. The exit's not open until you complete the level. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of times you, and it's not too obvious which way the exit is. I mean, a lot of times you can kind of tell because it's like, it's a door that has, seems to have like a corridor beyond it, but you can't open it. So you kind of figure, well, this must be the exit. Yeah. So you just have to sort of note to yourself like where it is so you can come back to it easily when it's time to leave. Because you do have to like rescue all the prisoners and get off the level before the timer runs out. That that concept is a little similar to Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Never actually. I mean, I guess that. there's other games like that too, but uh-huh. that's what I always thought of because you know the guys are tra- trapped on the level. Yeah, so like, that's true. That's true. Them. I remember them saying thanks, Michael, every time you yeah. rescue one of them. You just don't have a monkey to point you uh-huh. point where the last kid is to rescue. Yeah. Uh, so at 30 seconds, though, when your timer is down to 30 seconds, a warning beeper starts, and if the timer runs out completely. Uh, a failure message will pop up that says time up, time's up. You know, you fail to rescue all the prisoners, you know, and you see like a scene of like a prisoner, like kind of, um, you know, still caught in the cocoon of the, of the aliens. And, and you see like one of the, one of the chestburster aliens like coming out of them. And in fact, after that, it goes back to the level and the camera cuts the location of each remaining prisoner and you see, like, a chestburster alien mm. emerging from the prisoner. Just to rub it in, like, nice job, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally telling you, like, you know, you know, all these lives are were in your hands, but you blew it. <laughs> you know. Um, so, uh, the type of aliens that you run into, you've got your basic, like, sort of alien xenomorph soldier type, right? Mm-hmm. That you're kind of familiar with and all the movies so far the typical yeah mm-hmm. they are i gotta say they're really cheap or or they're just fast i mean they're they're extremely um hard to avoid you have to sort of move, not move very fast so that you have enough time to kind of they, react to they them. lunge at you is that why they they lurk low to the ground or on the ceiling 
um, sometimes you see them kind of emerging out of the floor, like kind of unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Like I guess they open up like a floorboard or something, and um, you know they spring right at me at like bullet speeds. I mean, they're really hard to avoid. Um, but you know, luckily, I've got bullets too, <laughs> so I usually try to blow them away as fast as possible. And would you say your favorite weapon was? Uh, I didn't say, but okay. but I'm actually I actually try to stick to the rifle as much as possible. Mm. I do like that one the best, the uh, you know the machine gun. Okay, um, just because it's pretty effective. I mean, I, I, the other weapons are like the flamethrower has kind of limited range, so I don't really use that one too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the grenades I try to keep for when I, there's like some tougher enemies to deal with, or if there's like doors to open up. I don't want to be short on that stuff. So I kind of just stick to the basic machine gun. Um, <laughs> now, um, you know, like I said, like, because they come up so unexpectedly, I sort of have to, I mean, you, you do have like a certain allowance of like how close you can get to them before they notice you. So they don't like run right at me typically if they're off the screen, but usually they're just kind of hanging there. And then if I get too close, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll jump up. Uh, but besides those, there are the large alien eggs, right? Those big giant eggs that the aliens will spawn from. Um, if these eggs are not destroyed quickly, they produce face huggers, you know, and those are of course little crab like aliens that, that jump onto your face and, and try to implant an egg within you. (laughs) Um, those face huggers are pretty easy to kill. Uh, but you know, if they do latch on, Basically, you have to do you have to shake your controller or your D pad like left and right to kind of shake them off before mm-hmm. um, you lose too much health. They do like you know reduce your health counter. Is that the energy count bar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's labeled as energy <laughs> in the game yeah. for some reason. Um, so the game is kind of broken up into multiple levels. I think maybe maybe about twenty in all. Um, Besides the regular missions where you're kind of rescuing, you know, prisoners and then shooting aliens at the same time, um, there's also uh, different uh, two other types of missions uh, called rescue missions and mayhem missions. And on rescues, it's just a large number of prisoners, but there's no enemies on the screen. So the only challenge there is try to get all the prisoners before the timer runs out. Mm. Um there was one particular one of those type where it was a real pain finding all of the prisoners. And there was even an alien right before the exit door. Like even after I had gotten all the prisoners and I was heading to the exit, an alien pops up unexpectedly, even though they're not supposed to be on these type of levels, but somehow they snuck one in on this one. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, pretty much the challenge there is usually on those type of missions, there's just a lot of prisoners, like, like 18 or 20. And then, you know, you just, you still have to make it in time. Okay. Uh, on the mayhems, it's the opposite. It's, there's no prisoners at all. And you just have to, you know, blast as many aliens as you can and get to the exit within the time limit. But, you know, the level structure is, you know, it mostly looks the same. It's not really, um, you know, like anything vastly different about the way those are laid out. Uh, generally, like all of these, all of these type of missions, like these type mission types are all mixed in on different environments. So several environments that the game kind of takes place in, like the initial three levels, for example, mm-hmm. are kind of fairly drab and they represent like the, the industrialized sort of prison colony 
um, kind of the look of, of the film in some ways. Usually, like, these bleak corridors and occasionally you might notice, like, a prison shower in the background. Mm. Um, you know, something just to remind you of that of that setting. Um, and, of course, here you can also move into the air ducts to reach uh, new sections. That's usually a requirement. There's a lot of ladder climbing, <laughs> which the controls weren't really that great at. Um, the ladders felt very sticky to me. Like I had trouble getting on and off the ladder in like a quick manner, especially when there's like an enemy nearby. Yeah. Um, I noticed you could shoot up and down the mm-hmm. ladder, but not left and right. So I kind of found oh, that wow. okay. unusual. I didn't really understand why that limitation I was remember there. On the, the thing I liked about the ladders is, is you can be climbing and you can put on that missile launcher and drop like the missile launcher below you. Yeah. And just fall down and blow up. Yeah. That, I remember doing that a lot. So yeah, shooting up and down, up or down is no problem at all. Just, you can't, you just can't shoot to the left mm. or to the right. Um, besides, you know, the actual aliens themselves, other hazards include, um, like fan blades that you might fall onto or, you know, just falling from a great height. There is like a sort of a, a height limit that you can safely fall from, but then above that you take damage. Mm. Um, and then there's also some areas that even have like spike pits for some mysterious reason. (laughs) Uh, so once you're past that whole prison section, there's a set of levels that look maybe a cross between like a laboratory and like a butcher shop. There's like a lot of hanging carcasses around for some reason. Maybe it was like a research facility and they were doing like experiments Mm -hmm. on aliens. That's what I figured it was. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, there's also a few that have, like, a refinery look to them. I don't know if there's, like, a maybe, like, a mining facility or something like that. Um, those levels introduce explosive barrels to the environment. And um, one, of the, one of those type of levels had a lot of different hidden areas in them uh, that contained, like, you know, a cache of, like, a lot of power-ups or even might even give you, like, a shortcut to get through the level quicker. Um, and then even one of them, even like there was a prisoner hidden in one of those areas and (laughs) that one took me a a really long time to, to try to find, I had to redo that level before, um, you know, I, I'm finishing it successfully. Um, and after this is another set of levels that take place in like what looked like an alien hive, very, um, you know, Giger-esque sort of looking inspired levels. Um, I guess part of the colony was converted to more of like the aliens habitat. Um, there's a lot of invisible gaps in the floor that you can, that you fall through. You see a prisoner uh, like ahead of you and you go to get him, and then you end up falling to the oh, level, I hate that. <laughs> you know, the level below you. That's annoying. Yeah. So like maybe the structure has been compromised a bit mm. from, you know, being kind of, uh, converted to like the alien environment. Um, it's a lot more uneven too. There's like a lot of ramps and a lot of hidden areas in this one. And in some spots, the view gets obstructed by all of the sort of biomechanical looking structures. Like there's stuff like, you know, crawling in, in front of, you know, that you have to crawl behind to, to be able to get through. Um, and you know, it makes me kind of rely on the radar a bit more in those areas cause mm-hmm. I don't have as good visibility there. Um, and then the final set of levels that you end up in kind of look like these, maybe like a steelworks foundry or something like that. Um, there's a lot of conveyor belts and like floors that drop out as I'm walking on them and a lot of moving platforms. 
There's a lot of like slides and drops that kind of force you into pits of molten metal. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of constant jumping is, in, is required in, the, in these areas. Um, but luckily, there aren't a whole lot of enemies there. I think the, the hazards are mostly environmental in, in that area. Uh, I guess you need molten lead if you're going to properly dispose of aliens. <laughs> Maybe that's like the motivation there. Much like Terminators, I guess. Right, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do they forget forget that movie? I don't remember that movie that well. Well, yeah, I mean, at the the end there is a scene where where uh, you know involves like a pit of molten metal. I remember that part, Mm -hmm. yeah, but I don't remember like used. I don't remember you being used throughout the movie or not. Yeah, no, not really. Like I don't know how close this really follows. Not not really much at all. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, so at the end of each level, though, you do get bonus points awarded for all the prisoners that you've rescued. Um, You don't really have a choice with that because you do have to rescue them all to successfully finish the level. Uh, But you do get bonuses also for remaining time, uh, ammo that you still have, and also whichever difficulty setting you play on, you get a bonus for that as well. Uh, but there's also another type of mission that you encounter, which is called a guardian. Mm-hmm. And this is basically a boss fight. This happens every three levels. Oh, okay. So every three levels you'll, you'll fight, um, you know, you'll, 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 you'll clear out three levels of one of the other types. You know, it, it, they come in different combinations. And then on the fourth level, after those three, you'll have this guardian fight. Um, so these fights have a time limit, too. If it runs out, it simply says time up, and then you lose a life for not finishing it successfully. Um, Each guardian fight is with the same type of creature, so you don't have different types of guardians that you have to fight. It's always the same large, hulking-looking xenomorph type. Mm -hmm. Um, They kind of leap across the screen. They leap acid drops as they go, because that's a whole alien thing, too. They, Which you take damage from? Of course. Okay. Or you get knocked back, too. It's, it's, it's kind of irritating. Um, so there's no variety of aliens in, in that respect, but each one of these fights does add something new. So the second fight will add some platforms that the alien can jump onto. The one after that adds, like, multiple levels of a platform and, like, an elevator in the middle. That sort of lets you be able to go up and down that stage. Um, the Guardian, in, during the Hive um, stages, it seemed to be spitting acid a lot more actively than just leaking it from its body as it was jumping. Um, and also, I think some green acid was dripping from above, just on the oh. stage. Um, and the final Guardian battle is in a room that looks like it's in like the Steelworks zone, but now there's two... To defeat within the time limit. Um, and they're hopping around like frogs. I mean, I had to really... <laughs> it, it was annoying because the level is very tall. And I don't... Like, the, the alien will jump up to some of the higher platforms. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just kind of waiting for it to drop back down so I can keep shooting at it with the grenade launcher. That was probably the best weapon to use against those. So that was that the toughest fight of the game? Um, pretty much. I'd say that was probably the, the, the hardest one. Mm. In general, they're not that bad, though, and it, you know, the, the good, a good amount of power-ups are dropped during the fight, letting you kind of reload your, your weaponry. Um, but after all this, you know, when you get to the end of the game, you just get a simple end graphic, and the credits roll over that, and you just get a nice little FM tune playing. Um, but it's not very alien-like. <laughs> I would say overall, the music in this game... 
um, you know, like the title screen, you kind of get some ominous sounding music, but in general, the music is very peppy and very upbeat for what you'd hmm. be like kind of a sci-fi horror type of a game. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, I, I, overall, I would say it was good. It just didn't seem to fit the game a whole lot. Um, the graphics I'd say are kind of adequate for this type of game. There's a lot of nice, um, you know, parallax backgrounds on the various scenes to give them some flavor and some depth, but, um, nothing too spectacular. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, we've only got the four enemy types in the game, so it's a little underwhelming in terms of the type of creatures you have to fight against. Right. That's not much. That's yeah. Not much at all. But at the same and time, they don't even vary it by coloring like the aliens different colors. Because like in some games, you, you're fighting soldiers and you can color their uniforms differently. Mm-hmm. But you know, how do you color an alien other than it's like pr- different shades of green or something? Yeah, it's really not much. It's just your basic xenomorph soldier, the face hugger, the egg, which doesn't do anything. No, it just it's there. Um, but I should say, like the egg, you, if you destroy it before it spawns the face hugger, then you won't get the face hugger. Mm. Um, and then it only produces one face hugger. So it only like it opens up and it lets the face hugger out and that's it. And then after that, it doesn't do anything. Okay. So you can just kind of bypass it even if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the whole idea is to destroy it before it, it hatches. Um, and then the boss character, that's it. The guardian, that's all you get. Yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, it's a little, it's a little bland on that respect, but at the same time, I think some of the alien designs got a little ridiculous with, the later movie like um especially when they introduced the idea that the alien incorporates parts of the dna of its host and it becomes closer to the species that it infects mm-hmm. i don't know i didn't i didn't really care for that aspect of what they tried to go with there so so i didn't mind that they kept the kind of the designs pure instead of like really introducing some outlandish stuff yeah um also, in regards to how true it was to the movie, I mean, in the movie, Ripley is infected with an alien, and, like, at the end of the movie, she sacrifices herself so that the company, the evil company, doesn't get, like, a sample of this alien life form, mm-hmm. which is, you know, what they assume... That would not happen. be the happy ending, though. <laughs> right. In a, in a kid's video game. Well, it, I'm just saying, they didn't, they, this didn't... This didn't get introduced in the game at all. Mm-hmm. This was not a factor. I mean, basically, you beat all the aliens and you win at the end of the game. Yeah. There's really not much more to it than that. <laughs> Um, Wait, do you know if this was released like in conjunction with the movie, or is this after? Um, I'm trying to picture it. I feel it was like a, maybe a year after the movie. Mm, okay, I'm trying to remember when that they seemed made like it. what I remember too. But I don't. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Been, it was so long ago. Yeah. Well, if all of that was not enough motivation to try to win, mm. the manual does urge me to do it for Newt. Do it for Newt. Who's Newt? Newt was the little girl. That she saved oh, okay. in Aliens, but she didn't make it. She didn't make it. She didn't make it. Well, you know, it showed. They showed like her cryogenic chamber was like compromised. Oh, that was part three. I that was in part pa- four. In part three, they show that that the rest of the crew didn't make it. Oh, okay. Yeah, the people who survived the end of Aliens two didn't. They make all it died in part three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, in, in the movie, there's a lot of interaction, there's a lot of dialogue in that movie mm-hmm. with, with the other inmates and stuff. Right. But in the game, even when you rescue the prisoners, they're just gone. They just run off, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, presumably, they're still infected. I mean, I don't know yeah. why I don't know why rescuing them even, like, does anything <laughs> for them. 
but they're able to, I guess, get away at that point. Yeah, right. And, and get treated, get treatment. <laughs> you know, they make it back to sick bay or yeah, something. To me, this game does feel a little bit like a UK game. Uh huh. <laughs> right. It has like the little floaty controls and the the um, like menu bar at the bottom or the top, wherever that is. Mm-hmm. Very similar to those type of games on the Genesis. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I could see some flavor like that. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very dark colors, right? Yeah, it's very muted. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, the first one does try to match the movie in some way, but I think, I think those subsequent levels kind of go in their own direction. Um, I think in some ways, my impression of this game between rescuing humans trapped by aliens and the looming time limit, and then having to escape to the exit before that time limit runs out, this is almost like a side-scrolling version of Alien Syndrome, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except in this one, you actually have the alien That's license true. instead of just an homage to aliens. Yeah, right. You know, so it's uh, it's a similar feeling. Um, I did check on eBay for this game, yeah, and it is appears to be fairly common. No problems getting a copy if hmm. you've got a Genesis and you want to check this out. Loose carts are between two and five dollars. Um, complete in box starts at around eight dollars, up to about fifteen or so. Mm-hmm. And if you pay more than that, I don't know what you would. <laughs> but that's about the limit. Um, I did see two sealed copies sold within the last few months. One for $45 and another one for a whopping $78. Wow. These are factory sealed. Okay. But there's really no need to, to go nuts on those. <laughs> um, a little something about the developer probe. They started in 1984, based in South London. Um, huge list of titles that they've worked on over the years. They were very busy, very prolific, it seems. Um, they were acquired by Acclaim in 1995, mm. uh, but they folded up by 2004 when Acclaim went bankrupt. Great. So that was that. <laughs> um, this g- title, Alien 3, was released for several other systems. There were versions for the Commodore Amiga, the Commodore 64, the Sega Master System, and the Game Gear, mm-hmm. which uh, most of those versions came out in 92 along with this game, but the Game Gear version came out in 94, although mm-hmm. that should be pretty similar to the SMS version. Um, there was a version released for the NES in 93. It's similar, but it has some of its own levels to it. Okay. I don't think I ever played the NES one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. There were, oh, there actually were a few more versions. There was a version for the Super Nintendo, obviously. Yes. That, that was my preferred game. That came out in 93, a year later. It was also by Probe and Acclaim, but it has a very different style to it compared to these other ports mm-hmm. and very different structure. Yeah. Um, it's a good game, too, though. I've seen it. I haven't really played it a lot, uh, but it looks a lot more challenging. It's, it's a tough. lot. There's more things to. There's, more things to work out rather than just run and gun and shoot and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks a lot more atmospheric to me, a lot more um, closer in tone to maybe the film itself. Mm, maybe. But either way, um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's worth checking out at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also a version for the Game Boy <laughs> that was entirely different. It was uh, kind of a top-down style game, a lot more puzzle-based approach to it rather than action and in some ways it looks a lot like metal gear to me when i saw footage of that game uh has a very similar style to it yeah uh but that's it there you go what'd you think of it did you like it 
Um, it was okay. I didn't think it was that great, but it was mm. it was interesting. Uh, I thought I thought the the enemies themselves, you know, the, their pattern of movement slowed the game way down for me. So I yeah. had to really tiptoe my way through the game. Mm-hmm. And being under a time limit, it doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's one thing I liked about that game when it came out is. When you shot your machine gun, you wouldn't see the bullets mm-hmm. from the gun. You would just see the blast, like the, the on the muzzle and the gun. Yeah. And then whatever damage the enemy in front of you took. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember at the time any other game that did that because, like, usually when you play a game, you see the, the bullets like fly across the screen. Yeah. And it never seems realistic, you know, because you're never supposed to see bullets, you know, in in real life. They're not that slow. No. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, and to see that, I thought that was like super realistic to me. I was like, oh man, like you're shooting this gun. And it's so, like, it's so realistic. You don't even see the bullets. Like, that's how, like, I don't know. I, I just thought that was really cool at the time. Yeah. I, you see it, too, against even when you're fighting the Guardian boss. Uh-huh. Like, if you use the rifle on, on the boss, you know, it's getting sprayed with bullets. And you see, like, green splashes coming off of the, the you know, the, the Guardian. Um, obviously, you're, it's doing damage, but it's not enough to take it down completely. Yeah. Uh, but you see that same effect, you know. But, of course, it's got green acid blood instead of normal blood <laughs> you want the red blood uh no i mean that wouldn't be that would be <laughs> yeah. that would be accurate why would i want that <laughs> but yeah it was it was all cool right. it yeah. was all right that, that's how i felt about it it was like it was all right i don't know yeah uh, that's why i like the, the super nintendo one i thought was a little better but mm-hmm. yeah well maybe i'll try that at some point mm-hmm. pretty cool all right what else you got uh i Anything can tell else? you about a pickup i got for this week oh yeah what'd you find <laughs> Well, I, I, that remains to be seen. Mm. I picked up a new game that was just released last week. And this one's called Song of the Deep. And this is... Oh, that's that GameStop exclusive, right? Well, so GameStop has the exclusive on the physical release of this game. Mm-hmm. The game is, is a new game by Insomniac Games. The company that I talked about a few weeks ago when I talked about Disruptor on the PlayStation. Uh, so they did a new game now, which is kind of um, involves like a submarine. You control a little, a little tiny submarine that you can, you know, it takes place underwater naturally. And it's described as sort of like a sort of like a Metroid style game. Um, how much that's true, I don't know. I haven't played the game yet. But in any case, it was released digitally on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And um, it's I think fifteen fifteen bucks fourteen ninety nine for any of those platforms digitally through their mm-hmm. digital storefronts. But um, I believe um, the regular edition of the game is also fourteen ninety nine at retail. If you want to buy it on disc for some reason, now, GameStop is the only place you could do that. Uh, but <laughs> GameStop also did a uh, deluxe collector's edition of this game for double the price at twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Of course, you had to have that one. So, of right? course, I had to get the collector's edition of this of game instead. Uh, so, as it turns out, it was somewhat difficult to get the collector's edition of this game for PlayStation 4. Now, how is that possible? I really don't understand Who why that would happen. actually anticipating this game? I, I don't know why it happened. I don't know, like, what did... I don't know if it was distribution issues or if maybe they only made X number to just fulfill pre-orders and that was kind of it. Uh... So the Deluxe Collector's Edition comes with the game itself, but it comes in sort of a steelbook case, Mm -hmm. as is typical for some of these uh, special versions. 
Uh, it comes with a soundtrack for the game, not in a physical form, but just as, as a download voucher. And it also comes with a set of stickers and a collectible um, uh, book that's part of the you know the mythos for this game. They they released uh, a hardbound book, like a little mini book, uh, with like some of the fiction behind the game. So all this comes together in one so package. So that book is included. The book is included. No, as isn't well. the book sold separately? Also, the book is sold separately in it. bookstores. It's you know Barnes and Noble has it. Um, I'm not sure if it's a wide release or if that's exclusive. If the book might be exclusive to Barnes and Noble, hmm. for all I know. But uh, so you're kind of getting a decent amount for your money, I, I suppose. It's some extra stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but for some reason, I I really looked around and I couldn't get the PS4 version. And then I noticed, all right, well, a store near me has the Xbox One version. Let me grab that one at least because all the physical stuff is the same, regardless of which version of the game you pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, I considered the PC version just because I would be fine having this game on PC too, but um, I just wasn't sure if you needed to have the optical drive in place to play the game. Uh, and my gaming PC doesn't have an optical drive at all. It doesn't have a DVD drive. I have another machine that has a DVD drive that I use for... But they have included DVD drives in years. Exactly. Absolutely. So why would you want to buy a physical copy of this game yeah. on DVD... Uh, is is the natural question, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I wasn't sure how I was going to handle that part of it, so that's why I didn't go for PC on that front. Uh, so I did pick up the Xbox One version just as sort of like a security thing. Like I, I like I would be fine keeping the Xbox One version too, but for whatever reason, I would prefer to have the PS4 version of the game, and uh, just I guess for trophies, I'd, I'd prefer to stock up on PlayStation trophies rather than Xbox achievements, I guess. If you say so. Yeah, it's kind of arbitrary. It really doesn't matter. You're the type to do that. Mm-hmm. But, but luckily, um, I, I did notice where the PS4 stores were that still had copies of that game. Mm. Like, you know, that still had the PS4 yeah, version. you couldn't get it online. Yeah, I mean, I looked online and I'm like, all right, sold out online for, for shipment. And then didn't they even pull the product page? So that's what ended up happening. Like, I noticed, well, here's a bunch of stores that have it. Maybe I'll check those stores. And then the next day they completely pulled the page down from their site. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I can't even check which, you know, if these stores still have this game or not. Uh, but I remembered a couple of them. <laughs> After I picked up the Xbox One version of the game, I asked the clerk to maybe check for me and see if any of the stores had it, because they can check in their own system to see if there's any inventory nearby. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. And so she mentioned a couple of stores, and I said, all right, I'll, I'll check those out. And uh, I went to one store, and they said they were holding it. They were still holding it for someone. And then uh, I went back to... Uh, I came to, you know, I came closer to your place, and one of, one of the stores nearby here uh, actually had it in stock. So I was able to finally pick it up there, and I ended up returning the Xbox version of the game. So it took three stores, but I, I finally got the PS4 version of this game. And you told them that same long story, right? I didn't about, tell them anything about it. I didn't tell them. <laughs> I just said thanks. See ya. You you were all happy, like you can't believe how many stars I've been to to get this game. Uh, I don't want. And they just look at you like, okay. I don't want them to keep the game because they're (laughs) like, if I if I'm that enthusiastic about it, you wouldn't believe how much this is going for on eBay right now. So (laughs) I thank you for holding it. They might say, oh yeah, we were actually we were actually we're holding this for someone else. Yeah. So yeah, just to avoid that, I didn't want to get into that whole thing. But yeah, I'm going to check the game out at some point. Oh yeah, it looks alright. And see how it looks. It looks okay. I don't know, it's an underwater game. 
You know how I love underwater games. You did like in the hunt. <laughs> right. That's true. Exactly. Do you consider Darius games as underwater games? I, I, I guess they are. Or are they right? all flying fish? I don't know. Uh, some of the scenarios, I think, look like they're definitely underwater. Some some do. And then I think others, they might be in space or something. Don't have to worry about oxygen. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I think. I don't know. I didn't really play through many of those Darius games. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell you either. But yeah, that's... Good. Uh, Good find, I guess. That's that's my... It sounds like it. Right. That was, well, it took a little effort. Because it's still hard to get, right? I think so. Like, I recently okay. checked, and there's only... There's only four stores that still show any inventory. So someone's listening to this and rushing right now to their store, chances are. Well. It's gone. If the game looks interesting, and if you want all these knickknacks that it comes with. What if I told you it was the free game of the month on PS4? (laughs) It hasn't happened yet. No. But we don't know what the games are for August yet. Would you feel cheated? Because you spent 30 on the physical copy? No, because now I have the steel book, and I've got the the physical book, and I've got all that, that other junk. Put the sticker on your locker. I'm not. I, I got to leave the stickers mint, so <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna stay in the box. Of course. Yeah. yeah right, right. So uh, I guess that brings us to the end of this episode. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for visiting us on Facebook. Thanks for sending us email to obbfeedback at gmail dot com. If you've got any comments or questions about the stuff we talked about, as usual, visit theretrojunkies dot com for more fun podcasts. And uh, check out the Digital Press Podcast. They've got a new episode up this week, too. Yes, they do. So, I guess if there's nothing else... That's all. See you next week. 